Did you hear Hillbilly Horror Stories is doing an episode all about UFOs and aliens? They'll probably stop in two weeks. You're probably right. You are listening to HHS UF Only, a Hillbilly Horror Stories bonus episode. Hey guys, welcome to episode 20 of UF Only. Hey. It seems like we've done this a bunch of times. It seems like it. Probably because we couldn't get the equipment to work. And I then I made a bunch of noise the second time through. Yeah. And at this point now, I'm just ready to do the story. We did all this theatrics. It was pretty cool in the first time. And it wasn't recording. <laughs> it wasn't recording. <laughs> I just thank goodness you looked down and saw that because we would have done Yeah, that. we were like three minutes in and then... 15 minutes after messing with the uh, mixer and stuff like that, we finally got it figured out. Uh, We think Freddie is the culprit. I know Freddie's the culprit. (laughs) He pushed a button that wasn't supposed to be pushed. (laughs) Well, anyway, welcome to number 20, please. I kind of, this is a very interesting story, like most of them are. This one goes back a little further. This is in Dexter, Michigan, March 20th, 1966. There's a truck driver by the name of Frank Manners. He's relaxing at his home. It's about 8 o'clock. He said it's a beautiful, crystal clear night. And Frank decides that he's going to step outside to get some fresh air. Okay, because maybe he wants to look at some beautiful stars. Yeah, or he wants to smoke, which is not fresh air, but that's what most people do. When (laughs) when like 8 o'clock at night, they just step out on the porch. It's usually the smoke. Well, I'd I'd rather them do it outside than in the house. Right, I'm saying no, but But, but it's funny that they say to get fresh air. So many people say to get fresh air when... (laughs) Well, you might just be jumping to conclusions. Maybe they just wanted to look at the beautiful stars and the clear sky. Or get away from their spouse that was probably getting on their last nerve for a few minutes. That's what I think. Oh. I mean, there's only a couple times where I've ever had to step outside to get fresh air. And (gasps) I don't smoke. Did you do it with for me? With me? Did you? So anyway, it's approximately <gasps> 8 o'clock. Oh. Beautiful day. He's outside getting some fresh air. He decides he's going to look over this farmland and the rolling hills that surrounds his property. Sounds, sounds beautiful. beautiful, yeah. He starts looking at the sky, thinking to himself how beautiful the stars actually are and how you can see every one of them because of how clear it is. That's when he sees a silent white light falling towards the ground. Oh, it's falling? Yes. Okay. And he, like probably most of us would, assumed that he was watching a shooting star. Isn't that what your first assumption would be? Absolutely. He was thinking how impressive that this bright light was as it swiftly fell towards the earth. But suddenly the light stopped in midair and it hovered just above the tree line in the distance. Oh, dang. Oh, no shooting star it's, would do that. It's like it put its brakes on or something yeah, like, like in the cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Frank soon realized that this definitely was not a shooting star. This was some type of craft that seemed to have an intelligent control. This stop on a dime? I don't know if there was any dimes up there, but it stopped. Oh. He was completely fascinated So he continued to watch this light with great interest. As he looks closer, he notices that this craft also has a red and blue light. It also has a white light that appeared to be rotating on the bottom. So he calls for his family out. He's like, hey, y'all need to come take a look at this. 
Keep in mind, this is the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Not that that matters. Well, like, at least it was patriotic. <laughs> in a matter of seconds, Frank's wife, son, daughter, and son-in-law were all outside looking at this craft with him. All members of the family said that the craft landed. They could all see it land. It was emitting a bright white light, and then it would go back up to the treetop level and change color from white to red or from white to blue. The family bounced around ideas of, you know, what the hell this could possibly be as they watched this object. This took place for a long period of time, several minutes. They couldn't come up with one reasonable explanation of what this could possibly Mm -hmm. be. So Frank decided it was probably a good idea to alert the authorities. So he called Dexter Police, and he told them about the craft and where it was. He ran back out to join the family, because this is pre-cell phone, so he had to run in the house to call. Right. He runs out to watch this craft still with the family for a little while longer. Then Frank and his son decide that they want to get a closer look. So they decided that they were going to take off and head over the terrain towards the craft. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, sometime while the two were gone, the police still hadn't shown up, and Miss Manners decided that because she was concerned, A, because the police hadn't shown up, and B, because her son and husband hadn't returned yet, she called the Washtenaw County Sheriff's Department, and she alerted them about the UFO that had landed by her home. Six patrol cars were dispatched to the Manners' house. Dexter Police Chief Robert Taylor and Officer N.G. Lee both saw the object on the ground in a nearby swamp as they were driving up McGinnis Avenue. They used their binoculars to view the object, but they said all they could really make out was a bright red glow. Oh, that's cool that they they saw it, mm-hmm. though, but so they decided just to stop there instead of going on up to the house. Right. They soon were joined by two sheriff deputies that were on their way to the Manor's residence because they had been called, obviously, also. On the, on the opposite side of the swamp, deputies Stanley McFadden and David Fitzpatrick were joined by the two Dexter police officers that were already there. All four of the police officers entered the woods to try to get a better look. As they shined their flashlights toward the craft, all those lights turned off. Then, all of them heard a high-pitched noise. Chief Taylor then saw a red object streaking toward the manor's house. Oh my gosh, what the heck, man? So they get back to their their (laughs) squad cars, and Dexter Police Officer Robert Hunawal, he informs all of them that he also saw the red object streak towards the house. He said it passed overhead at about a thousand feet, And then it was joined by three other similar objects. Then all four of those objects disappeared. Wait, you mean they were streaking in the air? Yes. Oh. Yes. How do they walk in the air? It's it's not like Ray Stevens. Not that kind of streak. Oh, not that kind of streak. Oh, (laughs) I thought they naked. All officers went to the manor's house and they got all of their statements of all the members of the family. And then they added those to their own statements. By this time, Frank and his son were back home. They had made it about 
one fourth of a mile from the object, mm-hmm. apparently. And they said it was about the size of a car with a yellow slash gray, yellowish gray quilted surface. The red and the blue lights were on each end of the craft and it hovered about eight feet above the ground. It was shaped like a pyramid and they could see something turning rapidly under the ship. Mm -hmm. The ship then turned bright red like molten lava and all of the lights went completely off, which was probably when the officers had approached from the other side with their flashlights. Frank and his son then said they lost sight of the craft until the loud noise was heard and it became visible again when it climbed into the sky. I wonder if they had the clapper. (laughs) The clapper. (laughs) The other members of the family verified that they also heard the high-pitched noise as the craft flew over top of their house. Now, after the officers finished writing all their reports and gathering all their information, there were other sightings, one of which came from Chief Taylor's son. Now, they didn't know about any of this other stuff Mm because they hadn't turned their reports in yet. But Chief Taylor's son saw an object in the sky with flashing red and white lights as it slowly moved eastward over over the town. He watched it for a few minutes. He said, then it instantaneously changed course and zoomed out of sight. And that was like... 10.30. This other incident started happening around 8 o'clock when it first happened. At 11.15, another pair of uh, Washtenaw Sheriff's deputies, they were on their way back to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they saw a bright object, and they gave chase until they lost it behind a row of trees. They didn't know what was going on either. Man, that's a lot of witnesses. By Friday evening, though, of course, the Air Force had all all everything under control. The events were under control. The lights that everyone saw was obviously a will-o'-the-wisp or swamp gas. Oh, stop. The fact that the light left the swamp and joined three others and was seen in different parts of the county was never addressed. Yeah, because... Swamp gas is patriotic, red, white, and blue, <laughs> with a hint of yellow. What? Yeah. That's I'm, so crazy. I mean, they just insult people's intelligence. Yeah, they do. By just trying to act like, oh, yeah, everything's a weather balloon or everything's swamp mm-hmm. gas. Yeah, it's kind of weird that, like, when the UFOs hover like that, that they don't have, like, make the earth shake or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can it just be so quiet? Well, I mean, rockets take off. They don't make the earth shake. Oh, well, that's true. Planes, you would think, though. Planes take off. They yeah, don't that's true, I guess. That's true. Well, there was a lot of people that saw that whole same thing, so. And it's like you said, you know, they're they're sitting there. They see something take off. Swamp gas isn't going to stop and hover and then disappear. Swamp yeah. gas isn't going to make a uh, high-pitched sound that so many people heard. And why can't they come up with something that would make sense if they're going to lie about it? You know, there was an instance in, uh, I'm trying to think where it was. I think it was in Louisville. And this was in the early 90s. But there was a, a family that had came up with a little invention. They took like a dry cleaning plastic bag, you know, like the, your shirts and stuff would come in. Yeah. 
And they used a bunch of candles and stuff to make like their own little hot air balloon. Mm -hmm. And there was a helicopter that was chasing it. Well, it made sense there because like the helicopter said, hey, when we thrusted, that thing took off. Well, it's because the air from the propellers was actually making this thing farther away because it was blowing it. All right. So things like that. And, you know, that's what that turned out to be. But that makes sense. Yeah. You know. It I makes can, way I, more sense yeah, than that I, I can listen to that theory. and I don't, I don't think, oh, well, that's, you know, something the government's making up. That actually did make sense. Right. Yeah. But most of this stuff, it doesn't. You know, these things, like you said, there was three lights that joined together. The, the father and son got within a quarter of a mile and they said it was definitely a, a ship. The police officers, you know, okay, the swamp gas smart enough to know to turn its lights off when you shine your flashlights on it. Yeah, that's what and, I'm saying. This is that, and the police officers saw it turn its lights off, and the uh, the the man and the son saw it. Mm -hmm. Two different sides of the of the crash or the of the vehicle, and they both had the same story. So swamp gas don't just disappear and turn back on, right? Got to do better, government. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We love you.